Ready? Fired up? Ready to go? I'm always fired up. You know we stay fired up at the Emissions Uncovered podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. Welcome back to... No, no, no. Reason- no, no, that's not good. That's not good. Cut. Cut. Take Restart. Two. Welcome back to this episode of the Admissions Uncovered podcast, the podcast about college admissions for the students, by the students. My name is Michael Gao. I'm a college freshman here at Columbia University, and as always, I'm joined by my two friends from high school. They're high school seniors right now, Dominic Siski and Ni Nguyen. Usually we talk about various topics about how to get into college, various pieces of the college application process, but today we're going to do something a little bit different and talk about a huge controversy around getting into college that's been in the news. You might have heard of it, 40 different celebrities, CEOs, I think one actor from the Real Housewives uh, TV show, uh, they were indicted this past week for bribing their kids into school illegally. To give a brief background about what the FBI or what the indictment alleges, um, there's kind of two areas where there's fraud. The first one is that parents allegedly paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to coaches or admissions officers to classify their kids as athletes, um, which means that they have an easier chance of getting to the school even if they have lackluster grades, even though their children were not athletes. And there's some really funny, very, very funny anecdotes in a Vox article that we'll link down below where, you know, it talks about, you know... (laughs) this this girl who who got in as a tennis player but had never played tennis in her life just stories like that very ridiculous and the kind of other tranche of uh criminality is test fraud where people paid you know thousands upon thousands of dollars for other people to take their kids tests so you know two areas where there is illegal bribery happening on the part of really rich individuals to get their kids into school um, so I guess, you know, what are your first reactions to this? I know we talked about it a little bit via text, but, you know, this is the first time we're calling about it. So what do y'all think? Well, obviously, it's it's a very big case, and it comes in the wake of the Harvard lawsuit, uh, which probably helps the publicity a bit. People are already watching. Even, even people that are way out of college don't have kids applying. They know the whole process is uh, very di- very different from when they were applying to schools. And this just kind of shows all the stuff that people don't know about college admissions. I think it's a big story, of course, and there's a lot of bad stuff happening with it. But I think it's also good that it was brought to the public early enough because right now there's only about 50 people, I believe, uh, in the whole thing that are getting indicted, arrested, or charged with anything. And I think that it's probably going on somewhere else, but it's not that big of a scale to where it's got a huge dampering effect on college admissions. Well, when I first saw the the article come out, like, and it like trending on Twitter and all that, I was, I don't know, I don't know if it's bad if I wasn't really surprised, because I feel like all of us kind of low-key knew in some ways there was money um, circulating within, like, the system and kind of paying... Um, your way into college like depending on which way it is because we all know like if you say your parents are like really rich and they pay for like a whole building or something like that then you're kind of like they won't straight out say okay you're definitely accepted but basically that that's what it is and I think this scandal 
really just kind of confirmed what a lot of people knew, I guess in some ways, if that makes sense. And it's kind of sad that wealthy people already like have an advantage and this is just another way that they're trying to use it to get their kids into college, I guess. I like that you brought up the part about people donating money, a large amounts of money to schools. And obviously that's been going on and Prior to when this came out, when you asked about how people pay their way into schools, that's probably what I would have come up with. Uh, but I, I like to get your opinions on it. But I think there's at least a slight difference in that to where, in my opinion, it's acceptable for the large donations, uh, but not acceptable in this case. Uh, there's going to be a lot of articles about this linked in the show notes on the website. Michael will talk about that later. But in one of them, in the Politico article, there's a quote from the u.s attorney at district court in massachusetts and he said we're not talking about donating a building so that a school is more likely to take your son or daughter we are talking about deception and fraud fake test scores fake athletic credentials fake photographs bribes to college officials and i think that kind of shows the difference in, in that one of them is just being fraudulent and one of them is donating to the school and i think the big difference is that at least the donation money is going towards education and helping the school rather than buying the vacation home for the tennis coach. Well, you know, I think this is not something I'm willing to stake my entire life savings on this particular point of difference. Um, But I would push back a little bit and say, you know, the effect of both of these actions, whether it's this straight up, clearly by the law, illegal, if true, bribery, and the kind of more implicit, oh, I'll give you a big donation, slap my name on it, and get my kid into the school type thing, because the effect of both actions is still the same. Rich people get into schools that'll teach their children how to get richer. These children get richer, and their families get richer, and the cycle keeps on keeps on chugging along, where the wealthy keep on getting wealthier. I, I, I take the point, which is that donations can have material impacts on students' well-being. Um, But I also even push back a little bit on that point, which is that at a school, Columbia University, which has one of the largest endowments among the entire Ivy League, certainly among all colleges and universities in the U.S. and in the world, donations to the endowment or big donations often are are separated out from things that directly impact students' day-to-day lives and educations. They often go to funding big name professors that don't really teach undergrads or graduate students just to have a name on the college website. They often go to building buildings that may not be buildings that students use. Like very literally, there there is a quote unquote student center here at Columbia called Learner Hall, which mostly houses administrative offices of, of admins at our school. And you know, maybe, maybe not admins having nicer offices helps my education, but it's certainly not the direct kind of causation thing that I think needs to be the case in order for you to be able to claim that, uh, donating the building is just such an, you know, altruistic act. We were talking about the case between kind of donating an entire building and then just straight up bribing Um, a person within the school. So I think most people would probably lean towards saying the donating a building or whatever to be kind of a better use of the money, I I would say, because if you're donating a building, other students will kind of benefit from that, um, blah, blah, blah. And then 
and then it's not illegal to say like if you want to build a building because the school won't be like okay no like don't give us that money like no school is going to say that but if you're bribing an individual it just goes to like that person so they can I don't know buy a car blah 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 so definitely the building thing I think it's been going on for like a really long time I know my mom mentioned some dude donated like 300 million dollars and they changed the name of the school um like Harvard's um public health school to Harvard TH Chan public health or something like that so I think that's definitely different from paying a coach to recruit your kid when they don't actually even play the sport and and you know I, I mean regardless of whether you think one is worse than the other whether they're the same level of badness whether they're both okay you know whatever you think about the morality of each case it's worth noting that these rich people who have been indicted this week are just so stupid like there is a clear way to bribe your kid into school which is that you donate money to the school you make some phone calls to other rich parents that you know rich friends that you know you can get you in contact with the dean you give your kids great educations whether that be you know rich private schools fancy test prep tutors who charge hundreds upon hundreds of dollars per hour. Like, there is a well-oiled route of rich people using their money to get their kids into school completely legally. These guys just decided to do it illegally. And it's just ridiculous to me. I mean, like, I kind of just want to sit these guys down and shake them. Like, you could have done all this without going to jail, and it would have ended up all the same. I mean, I mean, you know, that was my first reaction, I guess. From what I read is it, most of it flows through, I, I think we didn't mention this earlier, but uh, most of this has flown through one entity, which is uh, pretty much a, a fake test prep entity or the test prep that does backdoor work with admissions. And I think a lot of the money is flowing through uh, there with the Key Worldwide Foundation. And one of the people arrested or indicted uh, was was the owner of that. And I think he was the one putting a lot of the, that money through. So I think he might be the one that uh, is making the bag of money decisions, but also giving your money to that guy. So you get your kid in college instead of just calling your, your friends up is probably also a not a good idea. So, so, you know, as someone who's gone through the college admissions process, this upsets me a lot. And as two people who are literally going through the process right now, you know, we're two weeks away from Ivy day. How does this make you guys feel? (laughs) Thanks for reminding (laughs) me, Michael. Um, I mean, obviously it doesn't make me feel great. Right. You don't say, huh? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can, I can understand that. But there's a, this one is, is small. Obviously I think there's more that, that, this is happening in other places than just the one place. The odds of it just being in that one instance. And it wasn't just small. one instance, right? 40 people were charged. There's like a list of seven schools that include Stanford, UT, USC, yeah, yeah, yeah. so on and so on. And a lot of these schools that are, are listed in there, we'll have a list of all the people that uh, were indicted or charged with stuff and the schools that I was with. And a lot of those schools I was, or I ha- I applied to them and I'm, 
either already heard back or waiting to hear back. And it's um, obviously I don't have the money to do this. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it, it kind of shows that it, it blocks some people out from getting in the fairway because people are uh, g- taking different routes to do it. But I, at least in my opinion, I'd rather not yeah. sit here and blame not getting in on this uh, and rather think that there are so many spots that are available that that one instance is is not going to be the reason that I'm not accepted in the school. With that said, it doesn't make me feel great. <laughs> Real quick on the on the point that, you know, it's only one instance. You know, this 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 indictment charges, you know, 40 odd parents who did this. Obviously that's, you know, not even 1% of a class even at a really selective institution like um USC or, you know, one of the Ivies or whatever. But more broadly, the inequities of wealth clearly have an impact on your ability to get into college there's going to be a crimson article in the show notes that i was reading earlier today um, that that talked about a little bit about the discovery um, we got out of the harvard affirmative action case um and and there's this email there's the email yeah let me just let me just read it um this guy named cheevers he's he's the associate vice president for alumni affairs and development quote Redacted was a devoted redacted chair and generous donor. Going forward, I don't see a significant opportunity for further major gifts. Redacted had an art collection which conceivably could come our way. Cheever closed the email by noting he would, quote, call it a two, an apparent attempt to score the applicant and donation package. The two would mean the candidate would receive a boost in the college Mm. admissions process. Yeah. Right? Like... This is a clear example of Cheevers, a dude who does not work in the admissions office, who works in fundraising and development, picking out this parent who's super rich and has a kid who's applying that year and just sends a quick email to the dean of admissions like, hey, you know, he's given us money in the before, maybe tapped out for major gifts, but you know, let's let's keep the money in play. Let's, let's, let's Let's keep the path open to more money from this guy. You know, and and again, this is just one email, but I think it should speak to a systemic problem in college admissions, which is that very wealthy institutions who rely on endowment and who allow donations let kids in just because their parents are wealthy. And that's not illegal, per se, but the inequities that wealth brings in this process surely impact the likelihood of you getting into college. So I have two things to kind of say about that. So one... I think if we try to look kind of if there is a positive side with this scandal and all that, that hopefully it won't be kind of a thing that's trending for, I don't know, this week or next week. And then we just kind of forget about it. Hopefully these cases being kind of gaining so much public attention that there will be less instances in which this occurs. Because for sure, I know Dominic was saying this before the show, there can't only be like 40 individuals who've kind of done this whole thing where they've tried to bribe um, these officers or coaches to allow their students to get into school because there's probably a lot of other cases that they either didn't release or they like kind of haven't investigated um, thoroughly enough. So hopefully through this with, I know um, on the news is saying like some, some of the coaches have been fired 
um, blah, 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 etc. The schools are trying to take these actions, but hopefully there will kind of be other measures put into place that will kind of cur- curtail and lessen this, like the presence of this happening. Because as I said before, like, we probably all knew, like, in some ways it was happening, and but it's just now, like, okay, there's evidence, and, like, when you actually see an instance of it, it kind of puts things into perspective. And I don't, and another question I had, I don't know if any of you guys can answer this, but the whole thing with um, parents being, like, big donors and also, like, alumni and stuff like that, is there, do you think there's a do you think those students get put into separate categories, say if your parents donated like $2 million to a school, is there a way that they kind of mark the application and give you like a an advantage over others? Well, like Michael just said, uh, for for a quick uh, summary on the, the Harvard part, Harvard does scores basically in different categories, so athletics, academics, uh, personal, and they add up to your, your basic like overall score. And then mm-hmm. that's how they accept their kids uh, basically on a rubric system. And in that case, they, they gave a boost in one of the categories that probably shouldn't have happened. Uh, but I think also admissions offices are, are pretty closed doors to applicants and just the public in general. We don't know a lot that goes on uh, behind those doors. I think there probably definitely is a, a way of marking applications that says, you know, we need this kid. And I don't know, I'm kind of torn between it. Like I can see where schools are coming from needing donors and wanting to keep that money flowing presumably for the betterment of the school but presumably, i also right? like it's, see, it's not see the part it's not a yeah, one-to-one yeah, yeah. relationship i also but the part where where michael was uh talking about it where they're going after these kids just for the money that part seems a little a little over the top for me uh, so I'm definitely torn on it right now. Yeah, and I mean, and to answer your question, Nee, this Crimson article really has it very explicitly that if it's a kid of a donor who who, who might have parents who could donate to the school, or that art collection, art collection is going to give a lot collection. of money. It's it's given a two, and this article describes it uh, from an interview with Fitzsimmons, the dean of admissions at the time quote as reasonably serious if it's given a one it's even more significant and and in fact because this is a trial going on the testimony dean fitzsimmons gives is very clear on this issue quote financial contributions can lead to higher ratings for individual applicants end quote the dean admitted it donations mean your kid gets into college period there is a relationship there I guess my question for you two is that, you know, obviously this doesn't feel great, like you said, Dominic, but are y'all not even a little bit angry <laughs> at this? Because, you know, your parents didn't go to Harvard and bribe the tennis coach to classify you as a tennis player, even though y'all hey, 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 hey. tennis. I took tennis lessons oh, in okay. Massachusetts for okay. like two years. So I think I'm qualified mm-hmm. oh. to be on the tennis team. Oh, damn. <laughs> But yeah, like, don't you feel angry? As, as far as being angry, right? I think I, I might feel a bit different in about two weeks. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Fair. But <laughs> I think there there's so many different factors that play into admission that, especially in my case, right, where a lot of factors don't play in my favor. There's so many things that I can potentially point to and be like oh that's the reason i didn't get it right like affirmative action looking for different traits in kids that they want like i could i could point to a lot of stuff and i think 
you can do that or you can realize that that's there and you just need to get in with what you have. And I think that's kind of been my approach with the the process. So I, I'm not going to take this as something like to be mad at. I, which it might be sad that I just kind of like count it as part of the process. Right. And then I'm just chalking that up to it's, it's part of the process and I have to deal with it. But I think it's just another thing in the admissions process that I have not, I, I don't have control over it. Right. And it's present at the schools I want to go to. So I just have to deal with it and hope that my, the application I put together is strong enough to uh, give me those remaining spots that weren't bribed for. Yeah, I agree with Dominic. I think the college admissions process is very complex. There's, there are a lot of things that go into an admissions officer's kind of consideration of your application. There's certain like quotas they have to fill. Um, like we could go on a discussion about that. And I think this is just another case of adding to something that shouldn't be present in an already very competitive um, admissions process. Like students are already worrying about writing the perfect essay, doing extracurriculars, making sure that um, they have a very well-rounded and like a good application. So I think especially to students that are... Um, going to be applying this is definitely something that could kind of dampen I guess their mood or something like that because they know okay I already have to worry about all these things but then there are these underlying issues that will might also prevent me from going to where to where I want and this I think can also tie into um talking if you want to talk about like the situation with legacies and all that and it's like overall it's a very messy situation. But going back to the question about feeling angry, I definitely have a negative feeling towards it, but I don't think anger is the right one. It's probably um, knowing that it's unfair and that being labeled as a, a star athletic recruit is like your golden ticket into the school uh, because that's going to get you in, in in those cases and just kind of jumping straight to the top through the whole application process. But as of right now, I'm not angry about it. I think I'm just more accepting it, accepting that it, it it's there. But I think it'd be interesting to see how I feel about it like two weeks. Be sure to tune so in two to weeks to see <laughs> Dominic's update. I'd have to check back. So the last thing I'll say on the anger point is that, you know, I, I think there definitely can be a balance between letting unfair circumstances paralyze you, but also doing a reflection on those outside circumstances and realizing they're unfair and realizing that there are ways to change it. Like, yes, the system is unfair, but and yes, we have to operate within it and still apply and still create amazing essays and do the extracurriculars and do the work that these rich kids don't have to do. But it's also true that we have to recognize the disparities that wealth can bring, particularly in college missions, and, and fight to change it. I, I, I think we can't let you know the need to operate within the system deflect us from an even more critical need to fight back against bad things. And so the final thing I want to talk about is what can we do to fix it? Not just fix the clearly blatant illegal things that we're seeing right now, but also the larger factors that wealth can bring. You know, we've talked before in other episodes 
how wealth allows rich people to pay for very expensive test prep tutors that have been correlated with higher SAT and ACT scores. There's There's been studies that show that rich people get higher SAT and ACT scores, and I don't think it's because rich people are smarter. I think it's because rich people have bought their way to advantages. It's the stuff about how we've legalized giving, legalized bribery, giving schools a building and getting your kid into the college. Like, it's all these non-legal things that I'm also very troubled by. And my question is, what do we do about it? Because, you know, I want to get the students I work with into colleges that they want to go to. I don't. I want to see you two get into these top-tier colleges. But I also want to see the system change so we don't have to deal with this bullshit every single year. Well, I think my approach in it differs from yours. Uh, I, I think there's a a very large division between the the buying of buildings and on all this bribery stuff for that wealth disparity, uh, which I think should entirely be changed. And I think that one's a lot easier to fix than just overall uh, just just wealth disparity in general and that correlating to test scores and emissions. I don't know how to change that one because that's just just the way it is well so i guess let's isolate a little bit how do we fix the stuff about big money donors and big money donations getting their kids in just because of the donations it's kind of been a thing for so long it's going to be very hard to just like eliminate eliminate it completely because schools need money like inherently they want more money so and i think we're looking at so if we're saying like very big significant donations, then we're saying like a very small population of the people who are actually applying to college and all that. So I don't think we can really get rid of that just because of how the system is. But definitely like the disparity between because of wealth. If you look at it from the other side, maybe trying to help the students who do face um, financial hardships and this has led to like lower SAT scores and all that and there are definitely a lot of programs out there where they're going to give scholarships for rides I'm specifically thinking of like QuestBridge to students who are struggling financially so like definitely having a lot more of those programs and I don't know maybe a lot of those like donations and those donors if they could somehow use that as like say scholarship money or opening up more opportunities for um, students who are struggling financially to be able to get a chance to um, go to college because it's not like I know we've been focusing about on a lot of like the top tier schools and and that but a lot of students don't just don't even go to college just because financially they can't afford it or they just don't think it's an option for them. One of the reasons I think I have a hard time saying that the uh, the donation part is bad. Obviously, it it boosts that kid's chance of of getting to the school, but it it also in some way fuels the money that that is given out for financial aid. Obviously, it's not going directly to financial aid, but that endowment in general and the money of the school that is a lot of times fed by donations is the reason that a lot of kids, including me, would be able to go to those schools and would help me with financial aid, uh, that I otherwise wouldn't be able to pay the $70,000 a year, uh, for, for tuition and fees. So I think in some way it, it, it's, it's unfair, but in other ways it, it helps kids that, uh, are on the other side of the spectrum there. So I think that's a, a very delicate one that I would have to think more on. Well, you know, on the stuff about 
schools needing to operate, needing donations to operate. I mean, that's undoubtedly true. Here at Columbia, the sticker, stick, uh, the sticker price seventy thousand. Even though it's super expensive, that that is that doesn't even cover most of the expenses that Columbia spends on us. Um, so it's absolutely the case that schools need donations. My pushback, though, is is it actually true that the only way to get sufficient amount of donations to run the school is is literally accepting students based on their parents' wealth? Like, it's definitely true that donations do something, right? You know, and I mentioned earlier about how oftentimes schools administrators use them in unwise ways. You know, it's it's it seems like they've never taken an elementary budgeting class. Um, but you know, that's another, that's another story, right? But my point though, and I think my pushback is that it is not necessary to accept rich kids just because they're rich and just because their parents have money in order to get those donations. There are so many other reasons rich people donate. For one, they like their names on things. I mean, I, it's not a rich people thing. I would like my name on the building. I just don't have the money right now to get there. You know, donations are tax deductible. This is a tried and true way to, to reduce your tax burden, which is charitable donation giving. One charity or nonprofit you can give it to is schools and universities. Another way, just altruism. Legacy legacy donors who went to the school might want to give it give it money to give back or whatever. There's plenty of reasons why people will give a school money, you know, even if their kid didn't have a higher chance of getting it or whatever. And and so from, from the college perspective, I think there really needs to be a radical rethinking of how college admissions works. I, I think one solution and one pitch I would give is just deleting this rating system for the ability to contribute and having a strict Chinese wall between the development side of the university, the fundraising side of the university, and admissions, because the two should not be together. It should not be the case that a rich person gets into a school because their parents have money, even if that kid is a disaster otherwise. It's not fair and it's not necessary for the school to keep running at all. We've talked a lot about remedies to one of the two problems in the scandal here, which was the the bribery and, and money donations to schools. But I think there's also on the topic of, of changing the, the system and making it more fair, I think there's a lot of easier work to be done on the test fraud side. Uh, these people, you know, we haven't talked about it much, so I'll, I'll summarize it a little bit, but they're basically paying the the test administrators to either look the other way while they're taking the test or to, in some cases, actually change answers after the kid's taking the test to to improve their test scores. And I think rather than changing the entire emission system about donations to schools. I think this is a bit easier on the test agency side to help eliminate this, uh, this test bribery. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. There, the, the clear blatant bribery is, I think something, um, that is much more preventable than something like, you know, rich parents donating a building because that takes a very systemic effort to, to kind of like cleave out, the clause of fundraising and development out of college admissions, right? So I think you're absolutely right that there are definitely, you know, things that can be done on the on the test taking front. I, I think for one of them is that part of 
the way the test fraud happens is that basically failure to secure the tests like you know this person i think his name is singer paid teachers and test administrations to either change the to allow someone to change the answers or to allow someone to take the test for them to me i think there's a clear you know tech answer to this to take like the flawed human proctor a little bit out of the equation and and have some form of like facial recognition or something or a fingerprint biometrics or something that makes sure the person taking the test actually is the individual um you know i mean we we could talk more about the tech part but i, I think the point is just that this can be solved act college board ac uh you know y'all y'all just messed up here this this is a disaster i mean it is your literal jobs to protect testing and he still messed up. Also, another thing I think we should look at is when kind of trying to see what sh- what can we do to change this, just kind of see- seeing what cases are the most present. Because, like, of course, as I mentioned before, like, donating um, money for an entire building like that, that's millions of dollars. And we are, like, saying, like, rich people, but not every rich person has millions of dollars to do this. Like, there's different kind of degrees to in which this is happening because if you um look at the recent cases that were like brought forth some people paid anywhere from ten thousand to fifty thousand dollars to um have someone take the like the sat or ac test act test for them and then there's this person that paid 1.2 million dollars to have um to get their um child into yale so definitely there are there's a wide range of this but definitely definitely um i feel like it would be much more feasible to kind of attack or look at the smaller cases in which because a lot more people would have 10 to fifty thousand dollars than say a few million dollars yeah you know for those for those family situations that may not have the money for a building what they do is the kind of story that we've been seeing you know throughout the topics we've been talking about, which is that they're going to pay for test prep tutors, they're going to pay for college admissions counselors, they're going to have the money for private school, they're going to have the money for extracurricular activities, they're going to have the money to fly their kids out to debate tournaments, blah, 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 and so on and so on. Like, all the money that is built up is spent in four years to get the kid and their college application in a more advantageous state because money can do that money buys things that can be used to make your college application stand out so you know i i mean i take the point which is that the trope of like someone buying a building is not something that everyone does it is certainly not something even maybe even a high percentage of college and universities students do but it is something that when it happens stands out right like you know, the, the story of Jared Kushner comes to mind. This 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 dude was an awful high school student. No chance of getting to Harvard. Suddenly, his dad pays $2.5 million to Harvard as a donation, and the kid gets in. He had no chance of getting in otherwise. His grades were awful. No extracurricular activities. Awful. Just, like, all around bad, bad applicant. But he got in because of the money. And obviously that's only one case. It's not a, it's it's not something that happens in every single person who's not low income or middle class's situation. But I think when I mention it, 
It's just to prove that there are legal ways of gaming this system. It might not be through large donations. It might be through subtler ways of using, you know, leveraging wealth in advantageous ways. Um, and, and using the trope of buying a building, I think, just, just comes to me as, like, a good way of picturing how wealth can give people who don't deserve a college a seat at a college a college admission acceptance letter. I think it just is a great kind of culminating example of how wealth corrupts the quote-unquote meritocracy that college admissions tries to be. So this was it for our episode on the latest scandal uh, around college admissions and I think more broadly about the role wealth plays in college admissions. Uh, it's a little bit of, uh, of our of a different episode in the style that I think you might be used to. But if you liked it, liked some more meta talk topics about college admissions, please let us know over on social media at admissions.uncovered on Instagram and Facebook and at AUPODFM on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love a follow. We post a lot of cool college admissions tips. And uh, in, in the past few uh, weeks very funny memes about college admissions and school in general on our social media pages so be sure to follow us over there um, again thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the admissions uncover podcast and we'll see you next week